Welcome back to another episode of the Hooligans Pitch. As always, it's your boys, Michael and Chad. What's up, Chad? Hey, hello. How was your turkey break, international break? Uh, do anything soccer-worthy? It was just chill, you know? Um, Didn't really catch any of the international games except for, like, parts of the USA games, and they just looked terrible, so... (laughs) Just just a quick highlight on that. I gotta say, I I was really judging Anthony Robinson on those games, and Mm -hmm. surprisingly, I think he was, like, the best player on the team. Yeah. Uh, And then everyone else was just pretty bad, so... um, Yeah. I wish everyone played to to Jedi's level, because... uh, that was awful. Watching Desk get the red cards, it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's it just, you know, we're, we're building towards uh, a home on home soil World Cup. And I get it's, it's you know, Trinidad and we have some shaky history against them. But uh, you got to look better than that. It's just like both games is just so just, I don't know, dry, slow, bad football. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't turn on the game the first game until near the end and then the onslaught came but um yeah it was not not a fun watch either of those two games but we're talking about epl here but let's get started uh after turkey break i'm going on a little bit of a cleanse here because boy did i drink a little too much over the last like week so we're doing a a nice little hot cocoa in the Liverpool mug um yeah i got sprinkles in here i do and then of course my water next to me because it's well, necessary. Um, I mean, you kind of went holiday themed because I also went holiday themed, unknown, unbeknownst to you. Um, we're entering the festive period where it's fixtures back to back to back, so I'm having a little bit of spiked eggnog tonight. Shit. Damn. <laughs> Kristen was like, "Do you want to do a hot uh, hot toddy?" I was like, Oof. "Ah, it's like, yeah, but nice choice, egg spiked eggnog." Okay. Hey. Um. I had, of course, wild turkey on Thanksgiving, as is tradition. Uh, I I shared it with a friend, and he said, wow, that's really smooth. And I looked at him like, you should have the rest (laughs) of this bottle then, because if you're calling this smooth. Yeah, please have it. Yeah, take some more. Um, All right, Chad, it's been two weeks since we've last spoke about footy. Well, we've talked about footy all the time, but last last saw your face and talked about footy. Um, Liverpool back from international break, and... Of course, we're playing that early game, just like always. Set that alarm for 6.30 a.m. I dozed in and out for a while, but I did see the goals while I was awake, so that made me happy. Okay, nice. Especially the Trent one. I was like, I was, I was like, yes. I was like <laughs> in bed, but I was giving a, a, a silent fist pump. Um, yeah. That game, I don't think lived up. It wasn't the hyped game that it felt like it should have been. I think maybe coming yeah. off the international break with like, no real momentum coming into the game. Definitely deflated the atmosphere a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a little bit of that and a little bit of being the early game, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, for, for you, it's early. For me, it's earlier. But, you know, over in England, I think it's, what, like a 12.30 kickoff or something? Yeah. So it's like, it's just a little bit early for people to, like, really kind of, like, pre-game it or, or you know, get themselves kind of hyped for it. Um, so I think it's just like both of those things just like work together to make it kind of a, a more tame affair, I guess, between City and Liverpool than we're used to seeing. Yeah, I wish it would have been the late game on Sunday. Um, yeah, it should have. Right? Man United and Everton going in the last game of the weekend. That's that's uncalled for. So hopefully yeah. they I, I believe in the next 
uh, fixture. It'll be way more hyped up. It'll be much deeper in the season. I'm not sure the exact day, um, but Liverpool will be at home. I expect a crazy atmosphere for that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the date as we continue on here, but let's just kind of talk about the the notable highlights. The first goal they score, um, the Allison slip. That's 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 where we gotta start. And when he, you know, when he does slip, great things usually happen. Yeah, I was excited, and I, I was excited too. I was like, oh, I was like, and then the ball just got totally shanked. Yeah. Um, fell right into City's lap, and then they just turned on. They like turned on the gas hard, mm-hmm. and I'm not shocked they scored at all. I went, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, I mean, I, it kind of looked like Allison was just. Um, I don't know. Maybe he was a little bit shaky coming off the international break too. Like he certainly started the game shaky, and I think throughout the game just looked a little bit off the pace maybe a bit like mm-hmm. um i don't know just i he, he's held to such a high standard because he's like every game he's making big saves and you know uh when he slips it normally is an assist like <laughs> um so it, it i think this being maybe a bad game for him even though he didn't really perform poorly it just um yeah it's just noticed noticeable i guess the one, I mean, that error was so big. It was just, yeah, you know, and if he kicks that ball anywhere else, it goes out of bounds, whatever. It's like, no one even thinks twice about it. Yeah. Um, I'd argue, you know, he traveled the, one of the furthest traveled uh, members of the team to then just come on and start. Uh, he maybe had the craziest international break with that whole Argentinian Probably. Brazilian yeah. uh, fight breaking out. That was wild. Yeah. Um, so, but to get it, to, to get a draw with, with the circumstances, Amazing. The the goal Still by great. Trent was um, class. He's been red hot. I think mm-hmm. uh, he's things are finally clicking. I mean, it helps when Virgil's playing at his absolute peak to then let everyone yeah. else in the defense like flourish. Um, so I don't know. I I give him like a maybe a six out of ten because I know we probably could have done way better. But given yeah. right after international break, I I'm not too worried about this game. Um, you know, Pep didn't make any changes, which we kind of talked about. Mm. It's mind-boggling to me that he just doesn't believe in his bench to come on and make any adjustments. And, you know, you're 1-0 up against Liverpool. Why not try to either put the pressure on him, um, yeah. continue to try to score? But it's like they kind of just – they weren't feeling it either. That's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely one of those um, – I, I guess, like – you would think being at home, you want to go for the win, right? Because that next fixture away, you know, is going to be much harder. You're, you know, hostile territory. Um, yeah, I don't know why he sometimes just does that. Just no subs. Like, and it's not like his bench has changed much. Like, he still has, you know, Oscar Bob, Rico Lewis, um, Vardial. Stones, Phillips, like his normal bench players, um, and you got to think like I, there must be someone on there that you can trust to bring on in a big game and try and I don't know spark something or just like give you a little bit more control or you know um, I don't know I, I mean I guess not not even Grealish coming in uh, I don't think he actually made the bench I think he got injured right before oh, or something okay. I didn't catch um, that. 
Yeah, he wasn't on the bench. So, you know, that's probably one that would have made his way on. But, um, I mean, yeah, you, you figured <laughs> you, you'd at least bring someone in to, to try and spice it up a little bit. Like, you know, Oscar Bob, I don't know much about the guy, but he's got to be worth something if you're keeping him on the team and in the bench. Well, Pep, Pep had all this talk about him not that long ago saying he's, you know, going to be amazing and, and I can't wait to put him in the team. And, you know, we don't even see him here. Um, I will say, though, this is a game that I got to kind of see how much De Bruyne has missed. Yeah. Uh, when Doku was getting, which Doku was still an amazing player, but when Doku was getting the ball, he was definitely cutting inside more and trying to play a central role. And mm-hmm. then trying to distribute from there. I think Liverpool is doing a really good job of kind of um, keeping him off the edges because when he gets to the edge, he flies down there, gets to almost the corner, and then makes all his moves and tries to cut in on you. Um, They didn't really allow that, which is great. That's perfect game plan. Um, But it makes me worry once De Bruyne gets there and he's playing that type of position, and then you actually do have to worry about Doku on the wing. That's, That's pretty terrifying. (laughs) <laughs> that's like and if you know De Bruyne has to come back and be himself but just mm-hmm. that that thought where we play them March 9th again De Bruyne is set to come back mid-January um like I think that's where the hype's gonna come yeah yeah I mean if last season we saw De Bruyne you know almost every pass is just straight to Holland's like now he has Holland and Doku to look at, and <laughs> that's that's kind of frightening for sure. <laughs> it's a crazy thought, and we haven't yeah. seen it yet. I mean, Doku came on. He I don't even know if he played a match with. The, I don't even know if he was on the team yet before um, De Bruyne went down. If he was, I don't think he really got out there, because um, De Bruyne got injured pretty pretty early. First game, I think it was the first game. Um, yeah, like first or second, maybe. De Bruyne got injured the same game Cole Palmer was on City. Mm, well, there so, you go. <laughs> <laughs> they lost Palmer, brought in Doku. Uh, it's still working out, obviously. But then, yeah. uh, all right, so Trent scores his goal. He tells the whole crowd to shush. Uh, did you mm. see he, there was a chance he could get fined for that? I saw that, but was, that? I, I mean, I, I don't believe it to be true it's not not gonna happen but that was like the rumor that was coming around it's like yeah i think that's just what is that who butt hurt city fans i I don't know know. (laughs) come on um and then of course the the nunez pep dust up at the end (laughs) i i kind of was looking around to see what was said exactly yeah what anyone got any idea (laughs) the the joke is the joke is nunez asked pep what type of shampoo he uses and then like i who like who knows i it wouldn't actually be that crazy if nunez did say some crazy shit like that to him um but that's the rumor going around is that that's what was asked (laughs) but other than that i have no idea dang yeah um i mean you figure at, at that point it's just a you know good game but like fuck you sort of thing but um for it to kind of spark off like that i feel like yeah he must have said something a little more like pointed and in in an attacking way (laughs) and i'm wondering who 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 started it who i mean klopp looked confused he was like what is going on right now i'm pretty sure him and him and pep already shook hands and they were like you know see you next time um yeah i don't know that was that was interesting 
Yeah. Um, did you see this report of Allison maybe being sidelined for five weeks? Oh, God. When did this I come don't... out? Um, I saw it posted in the Arsenal subreddit. So it's like, I don't know the reliability of this. Um, it's from Jamie Kent, if that means anything to you as a Liverpool fan. But, um, yeah, it's saying that early reports saying Allison could be sidelined for five weeks following a hamstring injury. Um, I wonder if that was the slip. Don't know if that's true. I mean, I know at the end of that game, he he did have a little bit of a limp going, but um, yeah, I haven't heard anything else. Um, nothing confirmed, certainly. So um, I don't know. I mean, even midweek in Europa, I would think it could be a game that you would rest Allison anyway. So I don't think we'll learn much there. Um, probably not until next weekend. Yikes, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, well, this is this year in the top five leagues. I think we're now at thirty-seven ACL injuries, um, which is a crazy all-time high. And a lot of that belief is just because the the impacted schedules, um, mm-hmm. how fast players are going from international break to back to domestic league. I mean, it's pretty crazy turnover. Uh, oh, yeah. How fast they're they're going all over the world, um, and then. You know, this next month we got a lot of games. It's gonna be a, yeah. It's gonna be a busy month. So this, this is where they pack them in. So oh it's, my goodness. You know, you, you kind of need that depth, and uh, you know, like your Tottenham's of the world right now are finding out that no good depth is is a killer to your season. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um. Well, that, that you want to talk Arsenal, or do you want to go segue into Tottenham? Uh, we can go Tottenham since. I kind of brought it up. <laughs> um, Tottenham is, I think, right where we thought they'd be at this point of the year because they were doing it against the teams they should have been beating, but now they're on the stretch of playing really, really tough games. And, you know, my favorite Reddit post that I saw this past week was, when did Ashton Villa get so good? It's like, dude, <laughs> they've been good now for, uh, yeah. for the last, you know, wait, ever since Gerard left is kind of when they Pretty been, much, when yeah. <laughs> close to excellent um i think that game was fun i thought ashton villa deserved to win it um i think now tottenham that's their third loss in a row Uh and i think they are due for maybe two more they got city next and then they got west ham and west ham is probably the one where they can maybe uh find a way to to get out of their funk but I don't know. West Ham starting to figure some things out too. I think they got a little lucky over this past weekend, but I wouldn't want to face those next two teams after this yeah. bad streak that I'm on. And you know, Sun got an offside half trick, which hasn't. <laughs> I don't know. I've ever, never really seen that before, especially watching it live. That was pretty unbelievable. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, yeah. Like, I don't even think Aston Villa looked their best on the day, but. Um certainly were were better in the attack and um i mean emmy martinez made a handful of really good saves to keep mm-hmm. them in it and you know they played their defensive line really well obviously with sun being called off three separate times yeah <laughs> um but beyond that they like still kept sun quiet like we were doing you know fantasy stats last night and had basically nothing to enter for sun which is kind of unheard of <laughs> so you know, yeah, it, to anyone that hasn't been paying attention, Aston Villa's been looking good and, and only looking better, I'd say, as the as the games have gone on. Um, 
but it's this is this is Tottenham. This is the Ainge Ball. We play one way and one way only. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like if it doesn't work, we keep going. Yeah. So and like, I can get the sentiment behind that of like, yeah, you always want your team to, you know, play to the level you know they can and, and play, um, you know, the strategy that that we normally play, but like. Okay, but then you, you get figured out real quick, and if you don't have a backup plan, you're gonna get rocks. Like I don't know that even if, if it, without injuries, if this Tottenham team goes up against City and and plays so like open and quick as they do, I think City would love that. You know, it, it it's something for them to actually play with and punish. Whereas you know, every team they come against just sits back and. City has to work their way through. So if they're going to come to City next week with all the injuries and still try and play their their same way, like, good luck. But Give, give, me, a, it's, give it, me a prediction, Chad. Oof. Prediction. See, this is the only wrench in this is that Tottenham, for some reason, has a good history against City. But that was with Harry Kane was in a, the mix. That's a Harry Kane history. Mm-hmm. So, um I'm going to say 3-0 for City. 3-0 City. Now. Holland Hattrick? I could see it happening. Holland Hattrick. Maybe. I think Foden's got one in him. Dude, that back line Um, is so bad for them. I think if if Doku gets the ball in and around the box, someone's fouling him and giving away a PK. <laughs> like you don't have great defenders back there at the moment. You're playing, you know, right backs and left backs as your center backs, which is like not the worst, but they're also not the, the left backs and right backs that are used to playing a more central role. Um, well, and, and Poro is essentially playing right wing. So like yeah. your right side is screwed. So Doku's gonna have a field day with him. Yeah. Um. I'm ex- <laughs> every city game just feels like must must watch for any team, but yeah. I'm usually rooting for the team that city's going against. But in this game, yeah. I'm like I don't really know who I want to. Uh, of course, I love seeing a city yeah. loss, but it's like I kind of want city to just thump them. If they're gonna yeah. thump anyone this season. Let's make it this game. Yeah, like if, if there's going to be any um, Tottenham favored result, just make it a draw. Sure. But, um, you know, yeah, I think City just, I, I, as much as we've talked about, you know, how does Pep get the guys motivated to, to go again this year after winning the treble and, you know, keep those high standards, like this could be that one-off game where he's just like, look, this Tottenham team has a history of beating us and you know now they're missing harry kane who was a big reason for that and you know let's go out and and show them that you're not beating us anymore sort of thing so i don't know it it, it'll depend how they want to play but if we're going off of how tottenham has played i think they're going to be in for a pretty rough day (laughs) that is the primetime game on sunday Mm, um so we'll be we'll be tuning in oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> we'll be ready alright want to jump to uh, your Arsenal game because that was a that was kind of a nail biter yeah um, it was always going to be a tough game Brentford at home as a, as a 
pretty good record so far this season. They've got uh, two wins, three draws, two losses, mm-hmm. um, one being against Arsenal, the other one being against Everton. So, you know, not a place to go and win easily, certainly. Um, and then you throw in the the, the um, forced change in, in keeper since David Rye is technically on loan, can't play against his parent club, so Ramsdale has to come back in, which should be fine, but I, I think it's just he's rusty. He hasn't played in, you know, almost the whole season. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that showed. Uh, that throw, Chad, had <laughs> me and Kristen looking at each other like, is he okay? Oof. Yeah. Um, what did you do? Did you, like, did you tighten so up? And, I I had to work, so I didn't get to watch it live, and uh, probably for the best, so I could just kind of, like, see the highlight and know it ended up okay, but... <laughs> Man, it just even still watching the highlight, I was like, "What the hell is going I on just here?" Throw it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, some some back passes that uh, he took a little bit too much time on. Um, you know, not his best outing. Uh, he was certainly better in the second half, from what I saw. Um, but if he's trying to like win his his starting position back, like <laughs> I don't know that this gave Arteta any any questions about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Raya, Raya is probably isn't helping his cause either. I mean, he's been pretty dicey too with his decision-making. Um, it's just... I, I, I don't know what Arsenal's going to do with Ramsdale in terms of you should probably keep him as a good backup keeper, but is that what yeah. he wants? That's the thing. It's like he's a great option to have. But he has to be willing to play that role of, you know, um, you're not going to get much game time. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he necessarily wants to go and down that route. You know, he's still he's younger than than David Raya is, and um, you know, up until this point was you know starting for Bournemouth, starting for Sheffield, starting for Arsenal, and then not, now all of a sudden you're playing second fiddle when. For, for no reason other than Arteta prefers David Raya, um, which, I mean, the reason being his, his passing and distribution is much better than Ramsdale, so I get it in that sense of, like, Arteta's tactically wanted to have a lot more control this season, and, right. um, you know, good distribution and passing will, will get you that. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can keep Ramsdale happy just riding the bench for almost the whole season now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's some movement in January and then, I don't know, I guess Arsenal will have to find a, a true backup. Um, yeah, I don't know. Or, or if things are going well, Arteta can maybe say, look, Aaron, hang out. Maybe get yourself a Premier League medal at the end of the thing. Like, could work. <laughs> it could. It could. Um, the rumor is Newcastle is looking at him, which I think would be a pretty good fit. Interesting. Um, yeah, Nick Pope's kind of, you know, he's 31, and I don't think Pope is necessarily, you know, he's not going to be the keeper of their future, and Pope makes yeah. some interesting decisions too. I mean, how old is Ramsdale, 23, yeah. 24? Uh, I want to say 24. Okay. Um, so still a lot of room for improvement. I feel like keepers last... 25. 25, all right. Well, they still last a long time. He's still in yeah. very... Very early into his um, 
hopeful, hopefully long career. Um, I did see rumors of Forrest coming in there, which would just be hilarious. That Matt Turner <laughs> again. Add him is, to the list. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so I, it'll be interesting. And, and now with mm. with you know Allison going down too. If that's if that's a serious injury, um, I don't know. I that that that's definitely terrifying. And if if yeah. we didn't have a keeper that would come in and. and I don't know if Ramsdale's the right guy for Liverpool if we're going to be on a long-term injury, but there's a lot of teams out there who could use his services, and it, yeah. it'd be a shame to see him kind of ride the bench for as good as he is. But I also I understand the reasoning. Like, if, yeah, you want two good keepers. Like, why not? Yeah. Every team wants two good keepers. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I mean, either way, it kind of works in Arsenal's favor right now. Either you keep a good backup option or. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, there's multiple teams that probably have a reason to look at him and, and you know, can maybe get a little bit of a bidding war going on there if it comes to it. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him stay just because he, he had done so much to get Arsenal kind of back into the top four kind of realm and, um, you know, made some big saves along the way. Um I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what Arteta and the board decide to do and all that. But um, but back to the game. Um, you know, Declan Rice, Zinchenko, both with goal line clearances. Oh man, that was tight. Oof. Real close. Um, but I think we gotta talk about the most important piece. It's <laughs> it's left back Havertz. Left back Havertz. Who knew? <laughs> What are they thinking in Germany to be like, let's just try this. And of course it works. And now he's, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's, he's now confident in what he's doing. Um, but I do think he got a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, a little spark, a little, yeah. little pep in his step coming back into the sure, Arsenal yeah. clubhouse saying like, oh, you know, look, look what they're doing to me over there. I can do that here too. Um, yeah. Pretty fascinating to get a goal in that fashion. And I, like you said, it makes perfect sense why he should be making that back post run with it being curved in. Yeah. He's he's probably one of the tallest people on that pitch. I mean, take out me, take out Pinnock, um, you know, just take out all the good defenders. Out of all the attackers, he's probably the tallest one out of the whole. Yeah, whole I mean, six four. So um, he's really six four. Six four. Um, I mean, on Arsenal, Saliba's also six four. I but didn't I think, think he that's was that kind of tall. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what Google's telling me, so we're going with it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, like that is exactly the ball I thought we would see played over and over and over this season. Um, it it worked went with the Bamiyang. Um, Saka would do the same thing, mm-hmm. cut in, just cross to that back post, and Bamiyang would you know either head it in or or kick it or or at least cross it back. But um, I, it just hasn't happened with Havertz. And I don't know if that's been more like coaching it of like, we're not doing that play or he just hasn't really made the connection to, to be in that, that area when he needs to be. Um, but I don't know, maybe this is a little wake up call that he needed or Arteta needed that. Like this should be the play. Like if you're going to have, you know, Martinelli and Saka out wide and, and keep the, the pitch kind of spread, and then, you know, either time they get the ball, it's like basically a, a two-on-one situation with them. So mm-hmm. it's hard for them to get through. So then at least 
give Sokka that back post cross option to you know, dude six four like oh and he had heading, a, he had a like, bend like, down for it yeah <laughs> like his headings maybe not the best but like being six four he can at least get to most of those balls and um you know cause some issue and chaos if not score himself so uh yeah i don't know i thought we would see it a lot more and um that was the reason i picked him up in fantasy at the start because i was like oh Easy money, just throwing him across a, a every game. Easy header. <laughs> it would be a dirty move now. People start subbing him in, and, then, uh, <laughs> and good things happen. But well, that would just be my fantasy luck this year. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough go, and and uh, I don't. Yeah. I. It's just it's so hard to know what's going to happen. It's a game of luck. Oh, it yeah, truly yeah. is. But um, Trissard playing on left mid. It was really interesting to watch. Like. Arsenal attack for most of this game. I know you didn't watch the game live. Did, did you watch the whole game itself, or did you just cut through highlights? No, I just went through the highlights. It, when they attacked, I mean, they had, like, everyone at the top of the box. Now, mind you, they're much shorter than what Brentford's throwing out there with their huge mm-hmm. back line, but they were just so much quicker. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the one tall guy, they finally get out there, and Havertz scores the goal. I wasn't really too <laughs> shocked by it. Um I just thought this was a different look for Arsenal. I think, do you bring Havertz off the bench every time now? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the right answer, but yeah. I do think I do think it would be nice to maybe see him play in the kind of little left, uh, like left wing back type mode and maybe even bring Zachenko a little more central. Like, yeah. kind of reminds me of like how Bayern had Philip Lom and they had him on right back and then they kind of shift him inwards. Same kind of idea. I think that could weirdly work because of how unusual it is a six foot four left back who who's gonna also score headers in the back post like yeah that doesn't happen yeah i mean like you said it's it so much of the play around him is quick and like they're good technical players and and you know he is too but he's just a much bigger target so it's mm. easy to kind of throw him in somewhere and, you know, I think that's why at Chelsea he ended up playing striker for most of the time just because he's 6'4", and, like, yep. he, he has good technical ability. So it's like, is he a true striker? No, but, like, his physique is kind of there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's that left mid spot is clearly still up for grabs. Like, yeah. Trossard had, had, you know, some good moments, but overall didn't, didn't light it up that, mm-hmm. you know, forces Arteta's hand to play him there but um I don't know that might be a tool too of just always have that rotation of Havertz Trossard um you know Smith Rowe when he comes back um I don't know it, it, it'll be interesting to see if Arteta actually lands on someone there or or if it will be this just we're trying someone else here and then you know bring in Kai as yeah the the late game left back but kind of <laughs> extra midfields crash the box player <laughs> not a bad thing to have all those options though oh yeah of course um anything else you want to note on this one i mean it was you know we went almost 90 minutes without any crazy action i guess we had action but goal scoring action so um, yeah um i mean this is certainly not like the most electric performance from arsenal but i think it's one of those um you know, if you are going to go and win the league, like, unless you're City of a few years ago, you're not just stomping every team. So, 
you're gonna have to fight and scrape by in, in in some of these games and you know do it away at Brentford who's had the good home record like you take the win and you go I guess <laughs> that's right on to the next one yep <laughs> which uh y'all have the wolves yeah yeah so that should be interesting they normally give a, a little bit of a mm-hmm. issue but we'll see gritty team gritty team all right um, I think maybe we jump to Newcastle Chelsea just because I feel like sure. that's still pretty relevant in my head. And, you know, after episode 50, we talked about all the, <laughs> the beautiful things that Chelsea could be. Um, and then we literally see them <laughs> just crumble in our hands with Reese James yeah. being the captain and, and getting two pathetic yellow cards to be, mm-hmm. um, ejected and and just a poor defense Tiago Silva finally showing his age which you know it was only two weeks ago he was the oldest uh goal scorer in Premier League and now I'm like oh he's washed um it's not looking great we were really high on Cole Palmer last week and he was almost invisible uh Newcastle toyed with them for a majority of that game um especially when they got to after the 60th minute when they scored those two back-to-back goals. Uh, I, I watched this one live, and I was just, I don't know. I, I just want to see a good match. And by that point, I was yeah. like, that's oh, over. I was like, they stopped. Just, and that's why the red card happened almost, you know. Yeah, it, it, it was just, like, disappointing to come off of that City game and mm-hmm. go into this and, like, see Chelsea just return to the, like, weird, discombobulated side that they've been all season. Um you know, maybe the the international break is to blame. They couldn't really ride the momentum of that yeah. city game, but still, you, like like we said last episode, is Newcastle was going to come out and play. You're you're not having to worry about a team sitting back to break down. Like this should be your maybe not a for sure win, but at, at least a game where you can you know play your game and not have to worry about super intricate passing to get through you know two lines of of defense right in the, in the box um yeah just uh that that city game was just a little flash in the pan i guess and chelsea's back baby <laughs> back to the table i thought they were gonna make a run uh yeah disappointed uh, i mean newcastle still has a ton of injuries too so they you know this i for them i think it's a pretty pretty big win coming in 4-1 um, especially Isaac getting the scoring started, coming back off an of injury, and not having Wilson to kind of be his his uh, you know sideshow next to him. Chelsea, man, they just seeing Reese James just get the red card though, just reminded me of his sister in the World Cup, and I was like, come on, y'all! I was like, you have these temper tantrums, and then they, it it throws your team under the bus, and then it just like it just gets worse from there, and then everyone's mad at you. It's just totally unnecessary, especially the the first card he got, which. Harsh, yeah, okay, call it harsh. But also, you knew what you were doing. You know that could earn you a yellow. And the ref said, yeah, don't do that again. And then 10 minutes later, he totally, this the foul kind of reminds me of the the Jota foul um, against Liverpool, but not that deliberate because Jota's foul was just so stupid. The the second one was stupid, but the first one was like just that's a whole nother, we talked about that forever it was just when you're a captain your captain can't be doing that that's what no, i'm trying to yeah. say not at all you, you got to be the one to like you know keep keep your head and keep your team focused and in it whether you're you know still in the game or you're already four one down like it's just 
you, you're, 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 it's a bad look, right? You know, it's, terrible look. Yeah. And especially with, with Reese having, you know, working his way back from injury, like has looked good in the, in the time that he's been on the pitch since. And then here's, you know, a, a big game to, to kind of, I mean, hopefully we, you were going to build off the city performance, but you know, even if that's not the case, like just get a respectable goal line there and uh score line and, and you know go home but like so yeah do this little lash out <laughs> which you know was going to get you a yellow like <laughs> just just a bad look you want to hear a crazy reese james uh statistic oh yeah maybe you've heard it but maybe you haven't reese james hasn't played three games in a row since 2021 <laughs> and we're about to go into 2024 that's insane. <laughs> he knew the streak could come to an end, and he said, I'm out of here. So, oh, wow. Three games. I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> it's been three years. Damn, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Shame. There you go. He was he was feeling too comfortable. He said, something's got to change here. I need a break. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Chelsea has Brighton next. Um we can do a slight segue into Brighton. Yeah. I think that Brighton Forest game was the uglier ones of the the weekend. Certainly. I think we had I think we had three ugly ones. Um and that was definitely that that maybe was the peak. Uh Brighton has looked lost the last couple uh yeah. weeks, losing three in a row. Were they on a three no, streak? They were was they had one in, in like five or six. Holy crap. So they so. they needed this one. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't get bad, and to go against Forest, I think was generous. Um, you know, Forest is kind of in a weird, weird phase right now too. But um, no Matoma for Brighton, which is arguably their best player. Still Nasoli March, they're still figuring things out with Ferguson, young, yeah. but he's still there. He had a nice goal. I liked his touch there. I liked his finish. Um, but I wanted to just talk about the the PKs for both sides. Uh, super strange PKs all around. Yes. The one that Brighton earned remind me of the one that City earned, where it was kind of a a grab, but it was very. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't anything that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. It, you know, VAR looks at it and they say, "Okay, like, go take a look." And they earned the PK, but it was the second one um, that Forrest got and. When he looked at it, he he first he the ref said no PK, and then they had him look at it again. But even on the second viewing, when they were going through it, it still didn't look like a PK. So yeah. I don't understand what made him change his mind. And then when he did change his mind, Lewis Dunk was in his face, rightfully so. He's the captain. Yeah. I, uh-huh. I I'm really curious what Dunk said to the ref because of course, you know, you could say some pretty awful things, and yeah, the ref should card you. But, and here's my big but with this one. If a player says something to you that's so bad and you give them a yellow card and then give them a red card directly after that, why not just start with the red card? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's hard not knowing what was said, but that feels a little more like power trippy to me. Yes, than, yes. Than anything. Dunk looked shocked. It looked like he mm. thought the ref was kidding. Um, yeah. cause I think he saw the yellow card and then he, 
I don't know, maybe did a circle. Maybe he didn't see the second yellow come out. But then it looked like a teammate said to him, you're, you're gone. And then he went up to the ref and was like, what just happened? Like, then he yeah. looked desperate. Um, yeah, think- and, I, and I think that's just, you know, a uh, one of those situations where obviously it's tense. Like, you thought it was going to go one way, and then the call gets switched on you. And, you know, rightfully so, you're upset. Um you are the captain, so if anyone should be in argument with the ref, I'd say the captain is the one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you want the the language to be respectful and all that, but like the refs know the situation too. So like, if a player reacts, okay, give him a yellow. If he's still kind of going on, then like maybe just pull him aside and just like have that little quick conversation of this is what happened, this is what I saw, this is why I changed it, whatever it might be. But like. It looked like Anthony Taylor hands out that first yellow, you know, doesn't like that Dunk is now walking away, still talking, and then, yeah, just, like, power trip, and, like, all right, well, see what I can do sort of thing. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, Brighton comes away with the win, but, like, now you're out Dunk, you're already out a few other defenders. Like, (laughs) it's uh, unfortunate that, that you miss now one of your your key defensive players who's always going to be in the team over something so silly. <laughs> I, I wouldn't look into it as hardly if it wasn't for Anthony Taylor. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I was like, okay, like most, most time I see a red card, I'm not looking to see really what was said or the reaction of it. But this one, yeah. I was like, oh, this guy again, <laughs> seriously, like every game, there's something going on. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that—that's again, you have rugby and well, like the Australian football and stuff. Where you know the refs have the mic, Um, you can you can hear what's being said from the ref and to the ref, right? Like, why is Premier League not doing that? Why is soccer in general not doing that? Like, you want to protect these refs from unnecessary abuse, which is great. So put the mic on there, and then you have a recording of everything that's said to the ref. So then you can go back at the end of the game if you want and say, like, maybe not hand out cards post-game, but at least, like, continue to hand out fines here and there or, like, warnings and it, you know, builds to something. I don't know, but um, it just, for a red card, I guess for dissent, um, it's a big game-changing decision on what to viewers both in stadium and and you know on tv looks minimal (laughs) accountability chad this is when i I understand it's the league is about the players we want to know what the play what's going on the players want we want the star players to be in the game but i would love some some post-match interviews with some uh with some officials wouldn't that be nice if we could all sit down with the rest but hey what did Dunk say? Just to ask. What did Dunk? Because then yeah. we'd have some clarity. Like if if Anthony Taylor says Dunk called me a wanker, and we're just like, all right, understand. But we don't even know. You could have said you you made a terrible call. Yeah, <laughs> I don't agree with that call. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, like we don't know. It's impossible to know. And, and sports as a whole, I don't. They don't really do any type of uh, yeah. official accountability when it comes to the media. Um, because they're they're little they're the babies they're the angels they need to protect yeah. them but it's like you can protect them but we could also get some answers 
Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the balance, right? Like, so if you give the refs the you know the the benefit of of VAR so they can get second looks, and you know giving the ref a, a mic that records all conversations, like so they're kind of covered if anything is said or continuous abuse from a certain player, whatever it might be, like then you can go into these post-match interviews or at least a post-match like report that they got to fill out and you know then gets released you have some something to go back on so it's not just like if teams or players or fans want to get mad then they can point to it and say like well look he called me this this and this over 20 minutes so like at a certain point i got to do something like yep <laughs> so i don't know i mean Hopefully it, it kind of goes in that direction because it would be nice to hear or read, you know, what a ref uh, thinks needed to be done to like result in this red card or like what happened in this situation that prompted four yellows or something, you know. I think we're heading in that direction, especially yeah. after the fiascos that have happened this year. Um, I think we're kind of moving in that that we need some, we just need answers. We need to make sure everyone's on the same page uh, yeah. because fans are becoming disgruntled. Yeah. And I mean, you, I guess you see it a little bit with that, uh, that like VAR show yeah. thing they, they do every mm -hmm. once in a while where it's like, they, again, they have all the audio recorded, all the, you know, movement of the video and stuff recorded. So like, ideally, I think you show that live, um, not in stadium, but you know, I, for everyone watching on TV, I think it's very easy to do. You see it in football and basketball. Yep. They play every angle and slow-mo, fast, whatever. But, like, it's just – it helps everyone understand what's going on and, and why a call goes one way. And, um, you know, if a call ends up bad, it'll still have some uproar, but you're getting that right now anyway. Like <laughs> – Bad calls are going to happen everywhere. Yeah. As long as there's a human involved, even if there's an AI or robot, there's still going to be some controversial calls. Yeah. It's more the explanation that we want. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for our TED talk on <laughs> how they can improve VAR. Uh, let's talk about Lutentown getting their first Premier League win. Um, was the first? Their first one, yeah. At home. Maybe at home? At home. Uh, maybe at home. But yeah, because yeah. they have two wins now. Yeah, yeah first one at home. Um, yes, yes, yes. Against Crystal Palace, which you know, Palace can turn it on. They're gritty. They'll uh -huh. they'll, they'll find ways. Um, Michael Elise with a dude. The dude only does these left-footed bangers that are just yeah. finessed perfectly. Um, I did think after that goal was scored, I was like, okay, they're gonna come and 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 run away with it. But the the goal that Forrest had to win it, man, that guy made the craziest run down just the edge of the the, the post. And um, super fast, Jacob Brown. Never heard of him until that goal was scored. And I believe that was his first goal in the Premier League. Uh, great run. Great win. It's always fun to do it kind of last, not super last minute, but like near the end when tension's oh, high. Yeah. yeah. Um, so congrats to them. Uh, guess how many subs Rahashan made? Oh, God, I should have looked. I love this game. <laughs> Roy, um, I want to say two. He made four, Chad. He made four. What the heck? For the second time ever, he more, made more than three substitutions. Uh, probably See, why they he lost. lost. He lost again. Yeah. So he's keeping it in his notes saying, look, I made four subs lost. Four subs lost. Keep telling me to make these changes when I don't want to. 
Um, <laughs> fascinating. He's a fascinating man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, great for Luton to, to get that home win. Um, you know, Crystal Palace, I think they, they kind of feel like, like Lester last season. Um, especially with Elise back. Cause he was creating some, some pretty nice opportunities for them and they just could not finish. So I don't think he's going to be there much longer. I think he'll probably move on. No, cause he's 21. He's pretty young, right? Yeah. yeah. I think he'll probably move on in the summer. As a two. As a's probably looking as well. I mean, I just, you know, crystal palace again is looking to hover in that like, 12 to 14 spot that they just that's their home like it's, it's crazy i feel like ever since we started watching the premier league they've always been there <laughs> yeah um and you know like you would think they want to try and move up but i don't think they really make um i guess maybe smart signings or or much effort in the way to to move the team forward like that um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird, bad defensive display from Crystal Palace, which is a little bit unheard of. Yeah, season. Anderson wasn't on his game. Gwaihe yeah. wasn't on his game either. And when those guys are in sync, they're hard to beat, um, which is a big why, reason why they're the leader, the top defending leaders in fantasy. But not a good one for them. I mean, when you lose against the bottom team, that's just... You're gonna yeah. look bad when you lose against someone like that, which is hey, they oh, yeah. they, they drew Liverpool a couple of weeks ago too, so mm-hmm. maybe we're giving them uh maybe we should get Luton a little more credit. Yeah, well, you know, they're they're out of relegation zone by four points at this moment, so Man, all right, segue. We're about to segue <laughs> because we thought we had this whole relegation thing figured <laughs> out. Just two weeks ago, I'm pretty sure I stated I think Everton's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I like remember like saying it. Yeah. And now, well, <sighs> look, we didn't know about their dirty dealings. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Everton, ten yes. point deduction to everyone's surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, no one saw this coming. Uh, right to right to make corrupt signs. Um, I think so. Yep. I'm with um, you. 10 points feels very harsh, I'd say. Um, with the information that I've seen and, and, you know, all the different news outlets and videos and stuff, um, it sounds like it came down to, like, basically, like, accounting differences of, of how Everton viewed certain, like, interest charges and um like infrastructure charges and stuff how they viewed it and how the premier league viewed it um so it seems like the a little bit like the rug was pulled out from under everton on this um you know they've certainly gone through some harsh years you know covid was rough for a lot of teams yep um but probably more so for your your evertons where it's like you didn't really have any big players that you could sell if needed. Um, you know, transfer market kind of deflated with, with COVID as well. Um, so, like, there was a lot against them. And then, yeah, they're trying to build this new stadium, which 
is needed, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but um, I think just bad luck on timing with, with COVID and everything as well. And um, I think they cited the, uh, the, the Ukraine conflicts because they had some sponsors that I think were Russian that had to pull out, like deals right. collapsed because of that. So a lot of things just kind of like awkwardly fell at the wrong time and uh, pulled money out of Everton, basically. Um, but yeah, like you're, you're by now the the standards that Premier League set, they were over budget, I guess, um, by like 20 million pounds, which like is a lot, but at the same time, like the money that's now being spent on Premier League players alone you know, teams and, and everything like 20 million is like pretty low. Chelsea wipes <laughs> their ass with 20 million, dude. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, so then 10 points for 20 million um, feels very harsh. What's, what's City at right now? Do you have, do you have that, that dollar value? That's a thing. No, I don't. But, um, you know, this was, was one um, breach of, of the financial fair play. Um that Everton, I think, admitted to in, in the end um, compared to, to City's 115 charges, but they haven't admitted to, to doing anything or being you know guilty of anything. Um, but you think if, if 20 million is a 10-point deduction, there's certainly more than 20 million in City's 115 charges. <laughs> what, what are we going to call it? Let's call City... Uh... I don't even know how you quantify it. Like, <laughs> just, just, let's just go nice, even. Let's just go four hundred. Okay, no. four hundred. So that's four thousand divided by twenty. That's a. Am um, I doing my math right? Is a two hundred point deduction? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds fair. <laughs> I'm okay so, with it. So, yeah, I, and I think that's part of it too. Is I think because there was no precedent set everton is kind of being used as the example and and setting the precedent now yeah, right everton so, we're using everton yeah, example right. like, come on dude <laughs> so i think i think the the fans and and you know probably internally in the club i think they're right to to feel hard done and and you know say premier league is corrupt and all that um and it just it's it's weird because this really should have been handled last season because I think they started their investigation and everything like last October or something. Mm. So then for it, that season to finish and now coming to this season and now you get deducted your points like it just feels weird to to be punished for an investigation of, of last season, but like, I mean, I guess with the city thing, like that, the city one's probably going to take years. So yeah. And in years, we're all going to forget about it. It's going to be too late. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. Um, a bummer for Everton. Cause yeah, it looked like they were finally kind of finding some form and, and working it out. And now you're just like back to square one. <laughs> And they're still super lucky that they can actually maybe get out of it yeah. still. I mean, um, I, I guess that's true. Is like, luckily this came fairly early in the season, so they do have time to, to yep. 
fight back up, but I mean, still watching them play though this game, I was like, oh man, I don't know. Like, yeah. I was hoping they'd come into this game and be super amped up, put on a show for the fans. Mm-hmm. But then I remember who to, who's on this team, yeah, and I was like, oh, they don't have much to offer. And you know, Man United does Man United things, but when you're scoring bite kicks almost by the 18 better than Wayne Rooney's goal. Uh, yeah. Personally, I, For sure, it's, yeah. especially to start that game off with a goal like that, you're just going like, come on. Um, yeah. I, I still don't think man, you played excellent. They beat Everton three no. nil. They looked, I don't know. <laughs> uninspired is not the right word. They just looked like they didn't know what to really do. I mean, if you go look at the stats of the game, it was stat-wise fairly even. Yeah, like, almost the same amount of touches. Yeah, like like passing and touches were pretty even. Um, you know, Everton outshot United technically, but was just a lot more wasteful. Um, I think I think United just has the better players, so they were able to capitalize on on their moments, whereas Everton should have but you know anana made what like six saves or something mm-hmm. um so he definitely kept them in Good it but, too. yeah so not a great showing for man united even though it was three nil at the end of it but like i don't know i yeah i was kind of hoping the same that everton was going to come out with some like real fire and and like i don't know you you it's now that us against them mentality that so many teams love. And um, this is the perfect time. Like you got the whole league against you basically, right? Like punish you for, for, you know, things really out of the players and coaches hands. Yep. So, and everyone's watching uh, your game. You're the only game on. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was the perfect time to make a statement. And it was just like, Oh, it was so deflated. Yeah. I felt bad. Um <laughs> And then I didn't because I was like, it's Everton and, you know, yeah. they can only do so much. But um, I wanted more from them. We didn't get it. I'm yeah. now I'm now like, eh, you might be back in my relegation list um, yeah. considering you got you got Newcastle coming up. You get to see Chelsea. Um, they, they, their schedule is still fairly easy, but then they hit. I think this patch is probably going to do them in. They got Tottenham, City, Wolves, Villa, and that's going to mm. be. That'll be rough. A tough stretch, and that's in uh, from early January to uh, early February. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they just got to grab their points where they can at this point, like yeah. they already got some some good results against neighboring teams early on, but now it doesn't really matter. No, <laughs> so that's a bummer for them. Three wins um, in their last six, and. They're all gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and the last thing on their point deduction is um, maybe, like, as much as they're setting the precedent for, like, how many points you should deduct for a breach, um, I think maybe more dangerous is that now, like, some teams are being allowed to sue them for, like, damages basically because they got relegated when it should have been Everton maybe getting relegated Um, yeah the only ones that I've heard are Burnley, Leicester and Leeds um, are able to sue them because Hmm. it was over the 2019 through I think 2022 
um, years. So teams affected by, you know, Everton's lavish spending um, at this point, <laughs> I guess, um, can now sue them, which is like, I guess fair because there's a lot of money involved, but yeah. then I just keep thinking, okay, well, what about City or what if, if these Chelsea charges like come to fruition, like you just let the whole league <laughs> sue them for for foul play and, and you know, it just that that feels like double harsh, right? Like it you're already taking this this punishment um, you already were in pretty dire financial state, and now you gotta, you know, deal with uh, potential suits. That what I, I don't know how you fight that. Of like, you argue that you should be up, but we stayed up. But like, it's okay, maybe we, yeah, maybe we did it with the player that we bought during this period. But like, that's not to say we still wouldn't have beat you. I, I don't know. I don't know how you fight it. <laughs> AI will come in and make up some crap. Just set it on FIFA. Just play each other on FIFA. Make it happen. There you go. I mean, yeah. it's just new territory. No one's ever seen this before. So they're going to obviously, they have to make some, I don't know, some statement, some rule where it's, if you do yeah. this, like you're going to be out of the Premier League for X amount of years. And, you know, you can't sue, you can't sue for past damages. They're going to have yeah. to have some like uh, uh, statue of limitations where it's like, yeah, you know, you got X, you got an X window, and if you don't, if we don't charge them in this window, but then it can, it's a whole can of worms. It, yeah, <laughs> it can get really complicated really fast. Um, I just hope if Everton's getting punished right now, other teams get punished real soon. Yeah, and if I, they I find think that's, guilt, if they find guilt. that's what they need is like it, it can't be this. Like I know the city one has 115 charges, like. It's a lot to go through, but this can't drag on for years and years. Like, just get one charge. Get find one charge, and then just be like, "We're gonna start with this." And yeah, then you got to start with something. Yeah, because I mean, you can't do 150 all at once. That doesn't like that doesn't work. Yeah, so that, and it, it the further away we get from it, like the less and less it's gonna mean if anything comes of it, or you know, it just kind of fades away, which you know, City would be fine with, you know, yep. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I think they got to, you know, just, okay, we we settled this Everton charge. Now, yeah, let's tackle the most um, egregious city ones or, like, the ones we can easily, like, prove and, and go for, right? Well, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, yeah, we got three more games to kind of cross off here. Born this Sheffield United. Um didn't really watch, didn't really pay attention. Terrible goalkeeping by Sheffield yes. in that game. That was, whoa. Uh, <laughs> if Ramsdale's keeping was shaky, that was one of the – this one was <laughs> – I, I just couldn't believe it. The guy uh, – what's his name? Um, I'm going to pull his name up here. Uh, Fodderingham. He mm. dribbles outside the box with the ball. It looks like he just like the defender or the the attacker just like went like this just just like a little time and then he just like froze. It was like he yeah. he'd never been touched before. The guy just took the ball and scored. Um, yeah. That was pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, 
I didn't watch this either, but um, you know, just went through the highlights, and it just looked like Sheffield was just all over the place. Like, never really had any control or or um, stability in their team or formation or, or play. Just <laughs> always chasing the game, I guess. <laughs> if that was the first Bournemouth game I'd ever seen, I'd be like, "Is this team win the league?" Is this oh, like yeah. they they were moving yeah. the ball? They were they were. <laughs> making good runs, um, but Sheffield just looked lost. They didn't know what was happening, so not too shocked by that one. Uh, The Burnley-West Ham game, though. I thought Burnley was going to escape with a (sighs) victory, but then Kudos came in there and said, this is why you brought me in. Probably why I'm bringing him into my fantasy team. Two quick assists at the end of that game. Um, West Ham getting pretty lucky. Not having Bowen. I think that's a pretty big deal for them. Big miss, yeah. Um, but to get away with a W there, that's a huge. It's insanely lucky. Uh, if you lose their draw against Burnley, of course, everyone's looking right at you. But um, good on them to kind of dig it out. I mean, those are the games you got to fight for at the end and get them any way you can. But uh, close one. Yeah. Real close one. Um... You know, I, I think West Ham is still just, like, dealing with this midfield conundrum, right? Like, you got Paqueta, you got Ward-Prowse, you got um, Susek, you got Kudas, who could really play in the midfield, and then you have um, oh, uh, Alvarez, I think, mm-hmm. Edson Alvarez. Um, so, yeah, you have all these, like, pretty competent midfield players and, like, I guess kind of your best players minus Bowen, right? Like... You want them all on the fields, but how do you do that? Um, you know, he's been playing Susek in this, like, cam second striker role, which, to his credit, has been working. <laughs> um, but then I think you're missing out on the the creativity that James Ward-Prowse can bring um, when he has to sit back further. And the so, balls he can deliver. I mean, they, and they don't have Antonio right now either. He got hurt on the international break. So that's, you know, kind of another big blow to your forwards. Um, I think Moyes is just kind of winging it until he can kind of maybe <laughs> get full strength. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, when you're winging it and Susex, I mean, the dude's 6'6". He's uh, yeah. if, not a bad person to have in the box, top of the box. Um, that's yeah. why we saw him score that goal. It was a nice goal. It's a pretty nice goal for yeah. a, a man that tall. Yeah, yeah, I understand why he wants him up there, but I think you almost need to just like play, start him deeper and just like tell him to make those late runs into the box. Sure. Um, yep. Just so you can have your your James Ward Prowse, Kudus, Paqueta, like the more creative players, a little bit more forward and get involved in the attack and, and build up. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they're they're skating by in, in some of these games. Um, which is sometimes all you got to do, but um, I don't know. They, they they don't look as threatening as they did at the start of the season. No, they were definitely got off to a really hard, hot start. I, I do want to kind of focus on why maybe um, uh, Ward Prowse is kind of hanging back where he is. His, his passing percentage... Is 82%. It was third highest in that game with Alvarez being at 92%. So I think Moyes is probably seeing smart decision making. Yeah. Um, where Susek maybe wasn't that. 
uh, I don't want to say smart on the ball, but making not just the best choices or the easiest choice where he's maybe trying to do too much. So, you know, when you're in that deeper role, you're seeing more of the field, you're sitting further back, you can see outlets and see options, which I think we can both agree he's probably the better passer than Susek, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe why he should be getting higher up. He still crossed the ball nine times this game. Uh, highest for both teams. So, you know, I, who do they play next? I think I'm going to I'm gonna try to watch a full West Ham game next to kind of see. They're playing Palace next. Eh, that probably Palace won't be next. the most yeah. exciting game to watch, but I, I just want to see what they're kind of doing with them for the full 90 because they, be they might be crossing them up. Ooh, Tottenham, West Ham in two weeks. That'll be the one yeah. that, uh, that I'll focus that be on. Good. Yeah. Um, but, hey, a win's a win. They got away with That's it. Good. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then last one, Chad, uh, today, Fulham and Wolves. I think it was kind of the the game that I expected, just kind of sloppy and scrappy and <laughs> PKs flying everywhere. Again, I think all but maybe the last one um, felt warranted, but it was just mm. a sloppy game. Tim Ream, man, he – I don't know. If that's, if that's our USA captain, he's kind of – all over the place today. He made a, a few yeah. good tackles, but at the same time, he just looked shaky. Just a little shaky back there. And Robinson, again, looked the best. Yeah, Crazy. I mean, look, Robinson made that first goal. Like that, yep. that he, He's, I think, a little bit at fault for, I want to say, the Wolves' first goal. He gets kind of spun around. Um so you know he has his faults, but like I think he's he's in pretty good form considering, especially how Fulham has has been this season. Um, you know he's looked Robinson's looked like one of the better players. Um, I mean they were missing Polina this game, so that it's a big is a big miss in the midfield. So um, you know to to kind of be already in a, a shaky spot and then miss a, a key midfield player. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's where Reem was was feeling a little uncomfortable, and you know, maybe trying to do a little too much yeah. at that time. That's what uh, that's to cover good, that. But. That's a good thing. He was. It looked like he was trying to do too much. That's that's totally yeah. accurate. Um, it's like he has the dad. It's like you know, he probably has to do a lot more with the USA team. So when he comes in back to Fulham, True. even though yeah. Fulham's not the best side, and uh, maybe he is like overthinking things and trying to overcomplicate what could be fairly simple, but. Weird game. It yeah. wasn't. I, it was on. I watched it. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I think that's what happens when uh, when this game is on. Uh, he Chang Wang though he had a great shot. Hit the Oof. post. Oh man, Stop. I wanted that to go in. That was like yeah. I wanted to have some competition for goal of the week, but um, yeah, we can move on to to goal player and team. I think we're in agreement with the goal. Yeah, I mean, you just don't see a. A, a well-hit bike from that far out often, if ever. So, um, you know, Garnacho's got to take it, unfortunately. <laughs> I did. I did. When it happened live and we were watching, I was like, well, that's probably goal of the week. Kristen's like, you're yep. going to give that, Immediately. that tool goal of the week? I was like, we kind of have to. I was like, we kind of yeah. have to. But shout-outs to Garnacho giving his boots to the little kid afterwards. Yeah. Um, cool gesture. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about him. I think his style makes him seem really cocky and arrogant, which he still could be, but at least he uh, does stuff for 
for the fans. So that was cool. I want to shout out uh, Jacob Brown goal, first one in the Premier League with that great run. And then I want to shout out Suchek's celebration after his goal because I like uh, celebration. I like, I like his spins. Yeah, those are fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The the other ones I had was uh, Elise's goal. Oh um, yeah, duh. It. I mean, if it wasn't Garnacho, it was probably gonna be him. Um, Banger. Sterling's free kick was was pretty nice. Yep. Um, and Lo Celso's goal was nice. Just mm-hmm. that nice hard hit ball from top of the box. Um, but yeah, Garnacho gets the the Wayne Rooney uh, comparison. But I think this was much nicer than what Wayne did. Yeah, the keep was that Joe Hart. That was yeah. playing keeper. Joe Hart didn't really move on the on the Rooney goal. Yeah, and, I mean it, uh, it was much closer. Yes, so, much cl- but, but Garnacho's that was like in the corner. Yeah, Pickford yeah. stretched. He was he. I was like just perfect. Yeah, couldn't be any better. No, not at all. <laughs> and uh, usually, I, I feel like we watch so many games where we see Garnacho score, and it's always offside. So when that goal happened, yeah. I was like, God, I was like, something's gonna <laughs> yeah. happen. Yeah. And they did look. I think they looked at it for a second too, just to yeah. make sure. But yeah. Um. But now that would have been a really rough one to like disallow for a toe offside or something. That would suck. <laughs> I can't imagine. Um, yeah, that's, that would be pretty bad. Um, for team this week, Chad, I'm kind of in a, a little bit of a bind. Mm-hmm. My heart is telling me that it should be Ashton know. Villa. It, no, I, I'm just I'm building it up. My heart yeah. tells me it should be Ashton Villa, but my head is saying it should be West Ham because of the two late goals coming back and winning that game. Okay. What you got um, for me? I mean, I have Villa. I think mm-hmm. Villa's a really good shout, um, especially because that was you know, a game between um, four and five yep. at that time, right? So... Um, to get the away win at Tottenham is, is big, especially going down first. Um, it's West a, it's Ham a, it's take a, my list, it's a, beat, it's a beat up Tottenham team that I think we kind of knew they were going to yeah. lose. Like we kind of, I think we were both thinking the same thing. Asheville is probably going to go beat Tottenham. I did not expect Burnley to go up on West Ham up until the, what was it? 87th minute or something. And then for West Ham to come back and score two to win it. That's where I'm kind of like, Head versus heart right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have another team? I mean, my other one was Luton, just because mm, you get your first home fair. win. Um, and, you know, a pretty decisive win. Not, not, not like, too much lucky. Like, you, you, you played that game well, and, you know, that the mm. Jacob Brown goal was, was great. Um, I like that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, man. Um, there's no wrong answer here. No, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I like the West Ham comeback, but I feel like you shouldn't have been in that position anyway. <laughs> You're right. So, mm. I like Luton. I like Luton. Um, Forgot that was their their first home win. Yeah. God, that um, crowd must have been to be in that stadium. Yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> full eleven thousand people. Yeesh. Um, 
I think Luton. Um, I like Villa's win, especially because I don't think they like played at a hundred percent, but got through it. Um, Emery was pumped too. Emery was pumped. It was kind of like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I think it's Tottenham, bro. <laughs> I, th- I yeah, I think had Tottenham not kind of been on this losing streak, it might have felt a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, they're missing like ten players or whatever, and had lost the two before this, so in some bad form as it is. Um, I'd kind of take Luton on this one, I think. Okay, fair enough. Um, then hear me out on this. It's got to be kudos for, for player of the week. If he wasn't there for West Ham, they don't win this game. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, um, assists, he, he's on my list. Yeah, well, he... Borderline too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he definitely came in and, and you know, changed the game. Um I had Onana down just because it Me was too. a clean sheet, some big saves, I think six saves total. Um, I'd argue if he wasn't the keeper, they would be in a different situation, depending on who the keeper yeah. was. Um, I'm not saying you know people could replace him, but I do think if he wasn't on his A game, which mm-hmm. I think maybe he was probably on his A minus game, yeah, uh, that game would look very, very different. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that like De Gea makes all the saves that Onana's been making. So Yeah. Um, yeah, he made the list, but you know it was Everton, so <laughs> right. It sh- it should be a, a straightforward win. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean I had Anthony Gordon, but you know he got one goal, one assist, um, played well, but Chelsea just kind of crumbled. So mm-hmm. he wasn't a Man. game changer for me. Yeah, that scoreline probably stays the same without him. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, kudos. I mean, you come in and save the game, basically. <laughs> I think it has to be. It's going to be good. He's going to be good for a long time. Is he 23? I got no idea. I got it. I got it. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, 23? Yep. It's going to be a long decade of Premier League for him. Mm-hmm. All right, Chad. I think we did pretty good on this one. Got anything yeah. else you want to note? Um, just you know, Arsenal back top of the league, baby. <laughs> Here oh, we are. Oh God! <laughs> Kristen started singing top of the league. I was like, you can't. You don't know this song. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think uh, you know, table's shaping up pretty nicely. Like Liverpool looks strong. City looks strong but weird. Mm-hmm. I'd maybe say the same for Arsenal. Um, strong, much more controlled than last year. Um, so I think as long as they can kind of get their attack going, should be a good run. Um, yeah, you know, Villa's in that top four like you predicted. Let's, so. let's, let's, let's end on this. Do you think Villa sticks around top four? Or do you think it's going to uh, be uh, Yumi and City till the end? Who? Um, I like that question a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a tough one. Like Villa's home form is really good. You just had a big win against, you know, the the team above you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think they probably hang around. I don't know if they stay as close as it is right now. Um, but I think as it's looking right now, I think they're probably going to stay the front runners for number four. I think four is fine. I think there will be some separation. I think the, the loss that they had, which was against Forrest, their last one anyway, they looked a little dicey, and I wouldn't be shocked if that happens again in the future. Um, but looking at yeah. the top three teams, you know, it's their losses were, I don't want to say unconventional, just a little interesting with, with Arsenal's loss against Castle, controversial. Uh, mm. Liverpool's loss against the Spurs, very controversial. <laughs> and then, you know, City losing Lo- uh, Rodri, arguably their best player, in their two yep. losses. It's like, I see reasons, big reasons why those three teams lost those games for Ashton Villa. I don't I don't know why they lost their games. They just, yeah. they kind of just, that's that's who they are. That's They will lose those games as the fourth best team in the league. So mm-hmm. I think they'll hang around, but I, I don't think they'll go higher than fourth, at least for a long, a long period of time. Yeah, um, but I mean, you look at their, you know, goals, they, 31 scored, 18 against, um, you know, more or less in line with mm-hmm. Arsenal, City, and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're performing well. Like like we've said, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. <laughs> it's been like this since Gerard left. Yeah, if you haven't been watching for the past year, they've been on fire. Yeah, uh, so, um, that, I mean, yeah, they're fun to watch, and just it's always nice to get a... a team in that top four five six realm that isn't always there so mm-hmm. yeah bring it on all right last thing i want to say way too many burgundy and light blue color teams this year uh it's really throwing off my eyesight i'm like is this burnley is it west ham is it <laughs> yeah, that was Ashton one. Villa? i'm like well, who is who um <laughs> it's been tough to see so uh, i'm still learning all the kits because they all have just slight variations, but I'm still like, what? Now they're wearing all white? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so yeah. All right, Chad. With that, episode 51 in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Okay. Goodbye. Peace. Peace.